come bless the Lord. How do people do that? How on earth do, do we bless the Lord? I mean, we know the Lord blesses us. But, but how do we bless the Lord? There's an amazing set of Psalms, Psalm 120 through Psalm 134, called the Psalms of the Ascents. And, and it's, it's a, it's a sub book in the book of Psalms that was used by pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem to come and celebrate some of the big festivals. And as they journeyed, sometimes for, for weeks, to go to the, to, to the temple, they would, they would sing these psalms, and these psalms would tell them of God's goodness, of the hardships of life, and how God brings them through, and all, it would tell them the character of God, and then they would arrive at the temple, and they would have this giant celebration, and the last of the psalms, the last one that they would sing, starts like that, come bless the Lord. That's what we're here to do today. We have arrived today to bless the Lord. There is another translation, just so that you understand what we're doing. Sometimes that Hebrew word is is translated, come praise. But I love the root of that word. The root of that word means to speak well of. What a, what a, so, so you can bless the Lord how? By speaking well of the Lord. It's, you bless your grandchildren if you're grandparent all the time. You speak well of them. We are going to speak well of the Lord today. Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. He who made heaven and earth. Look, we are here today to bless the Lord. That's why we're here. We are here today to speak well of the Lord. Why? Because that's what we were created for. That's what we were created for. We were created for love. We were created to love God and love one another. And what do you do when you love somebody? You speak well of them. And all of us know that you don't always feel well of them. I mean, often, not often, occasionally, Colleen and I will bless each other by saying, I love you. (laughs) That's the truth. We weren't created to feel like blessing God. We were created to bless God. So we're here today in all sorts of different ways, to speak well of the God who loves us and who we serve. The second thing that we are here to do is we are here to worship. All you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands in the holy place. So these festivals that they would have, they would go on all night. They would go on for a few days and there would have to be priests in this temple serving in the middle of the night. Now you can imagine as people gathered, some people had been traveling for weeks and they'd been talking about God and they'd had good journeys and they were excited and and they couldn't wait. And so they didn't wait for the next morning to go to the temple. They just went in and started praising God and they were, it was easy for them to do it. They were amped. But what about that priest? who'd pulled the third 3 a.m. shift. 
I wonder if he felt like praising God. Some of us are here today and we don't actually feel like praising God. Our lives are hard at the moment. Our circumstances are difficult. We walked in here and we went, I'm going to have to either pretend or just be honest and sit quietly. You see what the psalm says? It doesn't say wait until you feel like it, you guys who stand there in the middle of the night. Do something. Lift up your hands. See, I can't command my emotions. I wish I could, but I can't. I can't command myself to feel like praising God. But you know what I can do? I can command my hands to be lifted up. I can. And sometimes I discover that when I do the the thing I don't feel like doing in a way that I can do it, I begin to feel like doing it. I begin to feel like praising God, even when I feel like I shouldn't. And that this psalm tells us, don't wait until you feel like worshiping and praising God. Just do it. Lift up your hands. And something amazing eventually begin to happen, whether we feel like it or not this morning, or tomorrow or the next day. We were made to bless and worship God. And then there's another beautiful thing that the psalm tells us. That those pilgrims that had traveled, that had come, they weren't just there to worship God, to bless him, to sing his praises. They were also there to be blessed by God. See, it says there right at the end, may the Lord bless you from Zion. He who made heaven and earth. I love those two pictures. The one is a picture of a city, of of a hill. This hill on which Jerusalem was built and overlooked everybody. And and, and sometimes sometimes our temptation is to, to think that those grand things are permanent. That this beautiful building or this property or, or, or this is, it's not. There was a time it wasn't here and there will be a time where it's not here. But God who made heaven and earth will always be there. And so that God, not just the God who's blessed us now when we're in this great place, when we're in Zion, when we're together and the kids are, are around us and we, no, no, that God who made heaven and earth, we are here to be blessed by him. Ah, isn't it great to be blessed by God? This last week, God blessed me. He sent me people that in surprising ways just shared his love. He sent me people, other people with huge burdens that, that they, they'd struggling to carry. And, and I was able to say to them, you know what? I once carried that same burden and you know what? I want to tell you this. God helped me. God blessed me. Fuck, I have, I hope you haven't just come here to give. I hope that every one of us are here today also to be blessed. Not just by one another, but by the God of Zion, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of heaven and earth, Jesus the Christ, our Savior and our Redeemer. 
I'm going to invite you to bless the Lord with me now as we worship God together. You are a good, good God. That's who you are. Thank you that we can be called the children of God. That's who we are. Thank you that we can worship you and express our love to you. Lord, may our hearts be a heart for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys may be seated. So, so one of the reasons I'm, I'm, I'm excited about today is, apart from all the other stuff, is that I actually get to deal with some of my favorite pieces of Scripture. And, and so the Psalms of the Ascents is one of them. And now I'm going to move on to another piece of Scripture from the end of the book of Chronicles. Chronicles chapter, uh, First Chronicles chapter 29. It's right at the end of David's life. And David we know was a man after God's own heart. That's what the Bible tells us about him. It tells us a lot about many of his failings and his, but, but his heart was for God. And one of the things that David desperately wanted to do was to build a permanent temple for God. And God didn't allow him to do that. God said, no, David, that's not the task that I've got. This thing you've dreamed of your whole life. It's not the task I've got for you, David. But, David, you, with this heart that you've got, you can, you can get the people ready. You can get everything ready with this heart that you have. You can empower the next generation to worship me. And so right at the end of First Chronicles, there's this amazing chapter that starts off where David comes to God, calls the people to the meeting place, which was probably at that place, part of the tabernacle, at, well, where it, it was a place in Jerusalem. Call them together and he said to them, I, I, I need to share my heart with you. I need to share my heart with you. I'm about to not be your king anymore. And I want to share what's going on in my heart. I want to share what it starts like this. Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord. His heart in the very first place is for the future. I don't want people to miss out on what God has done for me. I want God to keep on blessing our people and my son and the whole world through what's going to happen here. We're going to build this massive temple because we believe in the future. We believe in the next generation and the next and the next that God is going to be with them. I truly believe that one of the reasons this church is what it is today is because of those early people and their heart for the future. When they made decisions like, we are committed, we will put lots of resources into young people. That's why we've got the children here, guys. One day they are going to be the oldies like us. And our heart must be to equip 
this place and us as God's people for that generation, a heart for the future. Those of you here with our 50th celebration, you may remember, and her name's now just gone right out of my head, Rita Harland, Rita Harland, who came up in her 90s and, and prayed the benediction, and after she prayed, we all cheered, and she said, that's why I love Westville Baptist Church. It's warm and it's wild. <laughs> a heart for the future. David said we are here for the next generation. But, but David also had this huge heart for blessing God. I mean, we know that. He wrote so many of the Psalms. He wanted people always to know it's not about us. It's about God. It's about God. It's about, even in his worst moments, even when he has sinned terribly, what turns him around? He suddenly remembers that his life is not about him. It's about God. And so he calls the people together and he says, come, let's bless God here. Let's build this temple that's going to be absolutely amazing that when people come here, they just know this place is about God. We're here to bless God. We're here to grow our heart for blessing God. But that's not the only reason the temple was built. The temple was also built as a, a place because of the heart for blessing people. So many blessings flowed out of that temple. So many things happened because of that temple that went out into the community. And the community around them was changed because it wasn't simply about God's people getting together and having a good time. You know that one of the cool things that happened at the temple during the first fruits offerings was people would bring their first fruit offerings and they would give it to the Lord and then they would, they would take the rest of it because God didn't take all of it and they would have a party with their family and their neighbors and their friends because the temple was built by David because David had a heart for blessing the people. Folk, so many blessings flow out of this place all the time. We must never forget that this place isn't just a building, it's us. And it's our ministries and it's the blessings that we can throw out to other people. And so I, I, wanna, I want you to listen now. I want you to listen very carefully as some people tell you about the, the, the blessings that have flowed out of this home this past month. L louder, louder, Kath. Yes, yes. Guys, we, we'll spend three hours clapping. Let's desperately try and wait to the end before we clap. Next one. Yes. Next one. No, 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 no. Resist the clap. Yes. 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 This month, this month, we have put a bunch of weddings and marriages. 
Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's just in schools, guys. 175 different young people in the schools because of this home. Guys, we can clap right now for that. Sorry, I'm just going to. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, okay, so, yeah, I broke my own rules and I'm paying for it. Who's next? Oh. We had over 150 events in this church last month. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. Yes, yeah, so people are coming to this church because of the ministry of home ground. They, get, they don't just buy things, they get invited. It's fantastic. On the Sunday, we average 875 people through the doors this month. Yes, amen. What was that number? Okay, but prayer meetings all the time. Yes. Fantastic. Five hundred and six young people in costs resilience program. A hundred and seventeen? In sports program. Fantastic. Two hundred and fifty people helped in the area of addiction in the last three years in this church. Guys, God has given us a home from which we can bless other people. Yeah. But then David gets to a really important point in this whole process. And he's... The point is this, his heart forgiving. And if you go and read this chapter, and I'd love you to read it, it's 1 Chronicles 29. And and it lists the things that David gave out of his own treasury. It lists the things that the leaders of God's people gave out of their own resources. And then it it talks about the things that, that the people gave. 
I just want to give you just a few examples. 230 tons of gold was given for the building of the temple. Now, I know, I know that's hard. You know those big trucks that drive down the road with those two things that tip to the side? They carry minerals in those trucks. That, that amount is eight of those trucks filled to capacity with gold. Just think about that for a moment. 340 tons of silver. That's about the equivalent of 300 motor cars. You know what they used most of that silver for? To cover the walls of the temple. (laughs) Imagine. The passage also says that some people just gave one precious stone. Some people just gave one tiny little gift. But you know what? All of those gifts were lumped together as one gift, not from one person, but from our heart to God's heart, says David. This is us. We are giving to God. And so this was about a heart to give. But then finally, this passage also says that it that God had given David a heart to celebrate, to, to, to just carry on talking about how great God is. Now, we've celebrated by singing together, and we're going to do more of that. But now we're also going to carry on celebrating this home, th- this place. And remind each other about the amazing things that God has done for us in this home. So we've heard um, kind of from a ministry perspective, which many of you may be involved in hands-on. But we want to hear from an individual perspective what this home has meant to you, what God has done in your life in this home. Um, And so we're going to ask as many people who want to just to share one sentence. So starting with in this home, dot, dot, dot. Or ending with, in this home. We're not going to wait and take one. Just if you've got something to say, stand up. Barry and I are going to run around and we'll get to you with microphones. We want to hear what God has done in your life in this home. And so we're going to start. I've got one and then Barry's got one. And then we're just going to ask people to stand where you are and share in this home or something happened in this home. So for me, I walk down the aisle in this home. Uh, for me, I baptized my dad. It was a surprise moment. He jumped in the pool when I was baptizing someone else. It was amazing in this home. Who's next? Yes, we were also baptized in this church a little while ago, but we feel very welcome in this home. Cool. In this home, God has shown me what South African love is all about. Amen. In this home, we started an amazing life group. Praise God. Morning. Hello, true friends, great people, lovely people. Thank you. Um, in this home, um, I was out off the street to be in a shelter and to start a new life. Yeah. 
in this home, God gave me the privilege of baptizing <laughs> my granddaughter. Thank you. In this home, God gives us grace and love and friendship. In this home, I've experienced amazing miracles. We've prayed and they've been answered. In this home, the divorce care program uh, healed me. This home carried us through our darkest time in our marriage. In this home, I've learned to respect myself and love myself and other people. In this home, I found a family. Keep it going. You don't want to regret this moment later on. In this home, my daughter was healed of epilepsy. In this, in this home, I've experienced so much love beyond measure. In this home, my family dedicated their lives to the Lord. Amen. In this home... In this home, I met my husband. Definitely my better half. Yeah. In this home, I dedicated my two granddaughters. <laughs> In this home, I was baptized on the same day as my daughter, and our grand, my granddaughter was dedicated. Amen. In this home, I started my walk with Christ. My family was dedicated and there's one of them, serving God. That's me. <laughs> In this home, I feel happy. When I pray, I feel like God's speaking to me, my heart. In this home, we held a beautiful memorial service for my husband, Ian. In this home, I made friends. We found this home because my daughter wanted to know about Jesus, and this is where she gave her life to the Lord. In this home, I've um, found that I've been encouraged and supported so much through many hardships, and my two beautiful girls were dedicated here. In this home, I found healing from my darkest times. In this home, everyone is kind. In this home, my husband converted from Hinduism to Christianity, and he's serving the Lord. In this home, I've learned how to speak sign language. In this home, my husband, God performed a miracle on my husband, and it's like she is a living testimony. In this home, we bless each other. In this home, over the 41 years that we have been here, we have seen this home grow from a small handful of people 
to a huge congregation. In this home, I'm going to be baptized. Do you understand? In this home, I'm going to be baptized. In this home, I'm going to be baptized. We have a prophet among us. <laughs> in this home, I have learned so much about God. I have grown so much in trusting him and I've been healed from my depression because of the amount of love that surrounds me every day. Amen. Uh, in this home, I found my new spiritual home from my previous fellowship in Cliff. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Anyone else? We're winding up, so don't miss out. In this home, I'm, I made lots of friends. Yes. In this home, we are one big family. In this home, we've learned to love and worship God as a family. All right, we're going to wrap that. Before we sing, now's the moment when we get to fill the box. We get to bless God in our worship and in our giving. So I want to encourage you just to explain. Um, this isn't, um, one of our prayers before the service wasn't that you would feel as though we were begging you to put your money in this in this house. That is not what we're doing now at all. So during these next this three or so songs, we're going to come up as a church and we're going to physically bless God by putting our envelopes in there. You would have got envelopes. If you haven't got envelopes and you want to still, you can go to the back and quickly grab one. There's some there. If not, you can pledge afterwards. You don't have to stress about that. But now just... I want to see this beautiful picture of whilst the music is going and people are singing, there's families, there's friends, there's individuals that are coming forward. If you're too short like my kids, you can come up on the stage and push the musicians out the way and you can shove your envelope in here. But now, church family, let's stand together as we sing and as we give. Let us give with the art of worship.